Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, by the way, got a lot of snot in my throat today for whatever reason. So let me okay. gargle with this little wild turkey before you today's go. episode is brought to you by Wild Turkey. Listerine to the stars. Heck yeah. Here we go. Well, we're here. Hey, community, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Episode 161 of the Only Three Lads podcast. Yeah. I'm going to turn off my camera so you don't have to see me do all my oh, weird stuff. Darn. But it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, here. Uh, but wait, we got to start this like we always do. Oh, so yes. once again, you know, it's the Only Three Lads podcast where each and every week we take a look at the golden age of alternative music. From 1974 to 1999, I am Uncle Greg, of course. We have the rockologist Brett Vargo. We're starting hey, off a little different to, uh, this week because, I mean, I have said this is going to be brutal. I've done everything I could to try and make a good list. But the topic that we're doing this week, a little bit rough for me. First of all, it's albums, and we all know the whole album thing for yeah. me. Yeah. You're not an album guy. Not an album guy. You know, know. there are some, but then, but like, you know, I don't see the forest through the trees and the message that you're trying to give me and all this other artsy fartsy stuff. You know, I'm, (laughs) I'm not in that gray area. I'm black or I'm white. So it's just like one of those things. But, um, Brett, tell them what we're going to be doing this week. Well, you know, I think this is actually going to be a really interesting week and I love challenging weeks. Believe me, this one is going to be pretty challenging for me too. The, for the second time in O3L history, only second time out of 161 episodes, we have had a guest apparently stand us up because said guest is not here. Right. One of the big drivers for doing this reggae episode was because of the guest we were going to have on. So it's just going to be you and I kind of uh, floundering through it, I guess. Yes. I love reggae music, but I know that there are a whole heck of a lot of gaps in my knowledge and in my collection. So, Greg, I do have my camera on and you probably see what looks like a war zone behind me because no. I decided to uh, start a project yesterday, totally reorganizing my CD collection. So I have CDs everywhere. Let me describe this. Um, if this is your definition of a mess, thank God you've never walked into my house. That looks like a flop house because <laughs> I look at your CDs behind you in these beautiful yeah. black book, well, CD cases from wall yep. to ceiling. And yeah, um, some you have some of your CDs going north and south and some on top of them going east-west. I've never mm-hmm. seen that before. Uh, but if that is a mess to you, this is how we're so different. And that's what makes this podcast so special. Thank you for the compliment. For sure. But I guess the, <laughs> I, I guess my point is that, you know, probably reggae makes up a relatively very small percentage of my collection overall. But I do love the music, so I was hoping to uh, to get some insight from our guest, but it is what it is. But we are talking about top five reggae albums. Everybody probably has a pretty good basis of 
what reggae is. But here is the Rockters rundown if you want it. Do you oh, want yeah. it, Greg? Absolutely. You want it? Yeah, I was going to ask it. you, what okay. the hell is this stuff anyways? Now, of course, we know reggae because Bob Marley and, you know, mandatory Marley throughout the 90s on yeah. alternative stations. And it was like the same song to me each and every time. Dink, 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 amen. Wow, wow, wow. And it's like, okay, you know, like uh, whenever I hear it, I can stand it from one or two songs. I'm interested. Bad boys, bad boys. I was a huge cops fan, you know, on the TV, the TV show. I can't even remember the name of the band there, but, you know. Inner Circle. Thank you. See? Yeah. And that's a song that I like, and I couldn't tell you the name of the band. But I am not a huge fan of reggae. I do like ska. Uh, oh, reggaeton, some of that stuff makes me want to move. Um, mm. But the reggae is just, I have issues, as we all know. And so the last thing I need to do is listen to a reggae album, which is sad, or people like talking about problems. I honestly, when I was making out this list, a pen committed suicide on me. Not that Aww. it stopped writing, that it broke apart in my hand. And I was like, yeah, I understand, pen. And so not a huge reggae fan, um, but I understand, I guess, the importance of it for some people mm -hmm. uh and the relevance of it so before this week had you ever listened to a complete reggae album no and i okay yeah and what happened was i would listen to an album then i'd have to go and listen to some of my music for a little bit and right. then finally i was just like i was really like after my pen committed suicide i was like i have to go a different direction and so i went a different direction and we'll see if i get the buzzard um but we'll just have to wait and see I promise not to buzz you. Now, if this makes you feel any better, we do have some topics in the randomizer that will absolutely be out of my wheelhouse. So you will exact your revenge one of these days. Well, I was thinking if our guest didn't show up, we can do five songs that Brett hates. And that Ooh. would be a fun thing, like, you know, because I, I think I could pick some be songs. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alice in Chains. Let's see. Which one? Okay, that's up there. <laughs> yeah, that's any up. of them. They're all just one long <laughs> song to me. But yeah, that's that's up there. Yeah. You know, Mexican radio would be on there. Sure. Oh, that uh, Scritty Politi song. The what is it? Perfectly. Word, Word Girl, I think it is. Oh, it's that one. That's it's kind of like that, that reggae beat. It's just that boy bandy type voice set over this cod fake reggae. That's far more offensive than anything coming out of Jamaica. But but anyway, another point that you made. I love the fact that reggae has kind of been embraced by alternative radio, but I do want to remind programmers that Bob Marley was not the only reggae musician. Yes. But yet 90% of the time, it's going to be Bob Marley. Reggae originated in Jamaica in the late 60s, evolving from earlier forms like mento, ska, blue beat, and rock steady, and incorporating a healthy dose of R&B. Its instantly recognizable rhythm is heavy on the bass and the drums, playing on the downbeat while the staccato guitars, keyboards, and the rest of the instrumentation are on the upbeat. The origin of the term reggae is somewhat nebulous, though. Reggae, spelled R-E-G-E, -E, is the Jamaican term for ragged clothing. And along the same lines, musically, the first known appearance of the word reggae was in the 1968 track Do the Reggae, spelled R-E-G-G-A-Y by the Maytals with Toots Hibbert saying that was a play on the slang word stregay, which is usually about a woman who didn't dress well. And the guys would say, 
Hey, man, that girl's straggy. Now, Bob Marley himself once said that the word was rooted in somewhat more theological origins coming from a Spanish word derived from the Latin word R-E-G-I, which means to the king. Maybe it's all of those, I don't know, but over the past six decades, reggae has been the sound of Rastafarian mysticism, the sound of love, the sound of good times, the sound of hard times, the sound of social injustice and the clarion call for change, the pounding, affirming heartbeat of life, and the swaying rhythm of the island. The music spread to markets in the U.S. and U.K. in the late 60s and early 70s through irrepressible pop reggae hits by American in Jamaica, Johnny Nash, like I Can See Clearly Now, Hold Me Tight, and he did a cover of Bob Marley's Stir It Up that was a much bigger hit than the Marley version itself. And then soon high-profile artists like Paul Simon, Paul McCartney, and Eric Clapton were incorporating reggae rhythms into their songs. No, I would not give you false hope on this strange and mournful day. But the mother and child reunion is only a motion away. So two important figures were pivotal in bringing reggae to the forefront in the UK. Chris Blackwell of Island Records, who brought early records by Toots and Marley to his Island Records label, along with probably just about every other one of your favorite reggae albums. And then John Peel is the other one. He was a strong champion of the genre, and he's surely responsible for reggae being such a massive influence on punk bands like The Clash, The Slits, and The Ruts. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Now, you know, the reason why also it really exploded in the UK is because after World War II, Jamaicans, you know, immigrated because of the construction uh, right. opportunities. And so that kind of brought the music there. So a lot of people grew up with, you know, like the specials and all that stuff, too. Right. Yeah, definitely. So that's like where all that influence came also from. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I still don't get it. And then I think the other big thing was the movie The Harder They Come. Sure. which starred Jimmy Cliff and has one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Chris Blackwell was also responsible for Island Records, giving that movie wider distribution. One thing I noticed though, listening to these reggae albums, a lot of them, they kind of sound the same. They kind of like start with like, you can hear like the uh, snare drum get a roll. And it's just like, okay, well then, and then the next one's, I mean, I guess it's that classic one drop drum sound. <laughs> yeah, I stomached it for as long as I could. And then, like I said, I went a different direction. So we'll see if anyone agrees with what I did. Okay. So you want to get started? Let's get started. Let's do this. All right. Well, I'll start off first because um, I want you to uh, say the last part of it because you seem to be a lot more educated. And again, I don't mean to insult anybody. So kicking off my list of the best reggae albums is one with a Rastafarian theme and its religious devotion makes it a culture classic, which means absolutely nothing to me. But the band is Israel Vibrations. And at least I felt they were honest because the name of their 1978 album is the same song. And really, it's what it sounded like to me for about, I don't know, 
35, 40 minutes, the same song. Like I really tried hard listening to the message. And again, I love storytelling. I love hearing about things that I have know nothing about to try and understand, to try, because I think that emotionally we've all feel the same things, no matter who we are, what we believe in, which corner of spaceship earth we live. And I'm not making like the rest of and I'm not making fun of that religion. I mean, I grew up with Catholicism, jackhammered down into my throat. And, you know, there's a stretch there, too. I mean, a virgin has the son of God type of thing. And OK, uh, that's fine. But really, the biggest leap is like the guy named Joe. It, her, her husband is like, you know, intercourse, intercourse, Mary, I got you. Like, that is unbelievable to me more than anything. <laughs> and then he's, he's not blinking. Um, but uh, oh, and if there's anybody who who is offended, please know that Brett or anybody who helps bring you the only three lads podcast has nothing to do with this. Any of your all cap letters or on Facebook, aim them towards right. me. Um, so, Wild Turkey may have something to do with it. No, though. no, this is this. <laughs> not um, yet. Yeah, not yet. You know, uh, but that's just one of those things. You know, it's like I understand, you know, like when I was a kid, I remember one time when I first found out that Jesus was Jewish and going to my mom and saying, so he didn't believe in himself. And she was like, no. You know, he what he you know, so she explained everything to me. But then, you know, blessed is thee who believes and is not seen. I'm not that person. Mm. So I'm not really good at that. And so I don't know if I lack faith, but believe me, my whole life I was brought up in church. And then as soon as I could escape, I did. And uh, I have nothing against religion. My mother taught me it doesn't matter what religion people are as long as they have it. And again, I want to fear no one. I want to respect everyone. And so you believe what you want to believe. And I have no idea why I went on this rant, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Now we record a podcast on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, watching Brett's eyes when I'm going through all that, it was really entertaining for me. But again, number five, I guess I'm kicking it off with the Israel Vibrations with their 1978 album, The Same Song. So I'm kind of sensing that if that's your number five, that these are five reggae albums that you barely tolerate. No, because like I said, I started going through and I really tried. So then I kind of diverted and was like, well, wait a second. You know, I was thinking about 311 Homegrown, like that was has some reggae feel to it. But then I started thinking of other albums that I was like, well, maybe that. And that's where I go later on in my list. Okay, so my number five album that I actually like is uh, the 1974 record by Toots and the Maytals called In the Dark. So this was the follow up to my favorite Toots album and possibly even my favorite reggae album of all time, Funky Kingston, but that one just missed the O3L era. But it's essential listening if you have not heard it, by the way. But In the Dark comes pretty darn close. So strip away the reggae beat and Toots is really at the heart of it one of the greatest soul singers the creator has ever produced. There is something just incredibly spiritual and uplifting about his voice, especially when it's set against the female backing singers on this record. You feel like you're being taken straight to church. Well, maybe not Greg, but you know, some of us, yes. But even when he sings, I'm so lonely, I'm so blue on the title track, he sings it with all the hope of redemption. Listen to something like the first 45 seconds of the song, I See You, 
before it settles into its more familiar rhythmic pattern, you'll hear a song that's so rooted in deep soul. Really, this is just an inherently cracking Jamaican R&B album. It's also home to two songs that resonated with the punks, Time Tough and 5446 was my number, the latter of which the Maytals have been kicking around with for years. It's all about Toots' time in prison for marijuana possession. But the crowning jewel on the album for me may just be the cover of John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads, which spins the down-home folkiness of the original into a soulful and jubilant declaration of home and a sense of belonging. can't go wrong with toots don't know if that's going to be homework but i feel a little bit like maybe okay i want to listen to it a little bit more all right i'm trying because my number four is a debut album from a jamaican roots reggae group it took them between 1973 and 1977 to record this album and this is why kids you should just say no now brett was just talking about the album about the guy going to jail for his marijuana possession or whatever you know if you're taking you four years to record an album maybe you should lay off the weed i'm just throwing it out there amon you know how about we work a little then you smoke a little and i don't even know why i remember this one but when i was listening to a plethora of different albums like from the congas the culture the south african experience marcus garvey uh this band the royals and pick up the pieces i put a star by mm. i didn't want to go back and figure out why i liked it but out of some of those that's what i liked so that's why i'm picking it at number four I have not heard that one. Uh, well, it sounds like... That's pretty much how it goes throughout the whole thing, too. But there was something in one of the songs. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, again, right. I love the storytelling. It's, you know, like, I feel pain, too. And uh, sometimes happiness. I've not been arrested for marijuana possession nor gone to jail for that. So I, maybe I wouldn't connect with that one. But I'm just saying there was something about this one. And they seem to be still around, actually, the Royals. And they're still recording. So good for them. Very cool. All right. So your number four album that you somewhat powered through. That I stomached. The Royals. Yeah. That you stomached. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number four. One thing you will notice about my list is that it is all centered in a very narrow time frame from 1974 to 1978. Because to me, that was the peak of the genre. So my number four is from 1978, but it's an album that points to where reggae would head in the 80s and beyond when it got harder and more confrontational. It's actually by one of the great Jamaican harmony groups who got their start in the late 60s called The Gladiators, and the record is called Trenchtown Mix-Up. So part of the brilliance of the album comes down to the drumming of Sly Dunbar, who would define the sound of reggae, dub, and dancehall into the next decade with his musical partner, Robbie Shakespeare, how he differed from some of the earlier drummers in the genre. 
was he had this thing that he called the rocker's beat. It takes that beat that you keep talking about, Greg, the one drop that like the Whalers, Carlton Barrett, and the Maytals, Winston Grennan played, and then puts a bass kick on every eighth note. Sly plays with bassist Lloyd Parks, and he formulates a rhythm section that attacks with all the bite the songs deserve. Because throughout the record, they sing about tumultuous times and forewarns of Jaws wrath against those spreading rumors. Songs like Hearsay talks about big egos in Chatty Chatty Mouth, which is a great tune. Chatty Chatty Mouth, be wise and know your culture. Your boss shall be lost, and you chant him out, you get a blow. Remember, just say, the humble for me, the Warmongers in Know Yourself Mankind. So the cover image of this album shows a newspaper in blazes, and it, that seems pretty ominous, as is some of the subject matter of the songs. But it's also important to note that rising from the flames are two hands clasped together in unity. So the overarching theme of the record is one of hope, but it's also a really melodic album, marvelous musicianship, wonderful harmonies. So number four, the Gladiators, Trenchtown Mix-Up. Trenchtown Mix-Up. Yep. Huh. That was actually on one of the lists that I was listening to. Was it? Yeah. Cool. Uh, strange, I believe it's out of print right now. Hmm. I didn't get the feeling of hope listening to it, though. Really? Yeah, I got the feeling hmm. of, God, when is this going to end? That's just me, though. You know, because that's... But everything's different. Like I said, I'm trying to have an open mind. It doesn't really sound like it. I get it. Um, but that's why I had to go a different direction. If only today's guest suck face was here. Oh, well, that's why I was I'm hoping. Sorry. Because, yeah, maybe she could... Um, oh, I, I gendered her. Uh-oh. Uh, maybe they, them, he, Bob. I don't know what her pronouns are. Maybe if uh, she was here, like I was hoping to learn something. And I'm, I'm hoping to learn something from you too, Brett. And I hope no one learns anything from me. I was just trying to be honest. And like, I'm not going to go, oh, so I listened to this great album. And it was like, dink a dink a dink a dink a dink a dink for 35 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, I learned so much. And now I feel connected to the people of Jamaica. And it hasn't happened, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. Okay. Don't There's always hope. always hope. I have hope for you. Oh, well, thank God someone does. <laughs> One of the key components of reggae is that essence of hope. Exactly. Okay, well, see, there you hey, go. Mon. Uplifting. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, we want to hear what your favorite reggae songs are or what you think of reggae on our Facebook page. Head over if you got a top five or maybe a song that I should listen to to uh, break down the barrier of my ignorance. That would be great. I would be totally up for that. So leave your suggestions there make sure and like us and when you see any, uh, any sort of uh, post if you can please share it because this community is getting bigger and bigger and we want to thank you for helping us build it and uh, being a part of until it until the reggae episode <laughs> until the reggae until this episode um maybe it'll go down a little bit they really jumped the shark with this one <laughs> yeah Uncle Greg, deplatformed. I'm just trying to be honest. And, hey, man. Uh, hey, man. Hey, maybe we should, yeah. Hey, if, if things are going bad for you listening to this episode, 161, spark one up. Maybe it'll make you uh, have a little hope. Absolutely. <laughs> Our list continues of the best five reggae albums after this. It'll be wild. Hi, I'm Kathy from Heavenly, and you're lucky enough to be listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. 
your youth. No shake, no stems, no seeds. Hey, bud. <laughs> Let's party. <laughs> but we all evolve. Of course I'm doing laundry. Saturday night is laundry night. Rack up cool points with only three lads. We are back. Thank you once again for hanging out with us, talking about reggae music this week, our top five reggae albums of the O3L era here on the Only Three Lads podcast. And uh, we're churning through our picks. We are moving through this one quick. Now, Brett, I learned nothing when I was going through this music this week. What did you learn? Because I know that you're more of a academic than I am. I mean, I stuck with albums that I knew and I, I know I love. So I didn't really discover any new music this week, but I did look a little bit deeper into some of the impetus behind the music. So I won't give away my number three yet, but I read up about the individual who was the namesake of my number three album. I learned a little bit more about Rastafari and some of the principles there. What are some of the principles of Rastafari? Because I'm ignorant on it, but it seems like, you know, it's about unity, hanging out, being good to one another. Like, that's all positive stuff. Oh, yeah. It's totally positive stuff. There is one God, mm-hmm. and that's who they refer to as Jaw. 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 J-A-H. So anytime you hear Jaw, I, I believe Africa is considered to be, you know, Babylon in this religion, the, the promised land, mm-hmm. uh, Zion, and uh, et cetera. Obviously, I didn't learn that much. Maybe there's a Rastafarian <laughs> out there that could head over to the Facebook page and give us the principles. And But it's obviously intertwined with this music. And of course, a big part of it, I know, is uh, you know the elevated state of the smoking of certain weed. Well, that's like that. What's what was the little bean inside your brain? The something pituitary gland? Pituitary gland. Yes. Yeah. So maybe because that's like what some people do with, you know, different uh, drugs and, you know, throughout thousands of years of human history, you know, to get that thing going. And so maybe it's like the weed gets that thing going and then, you know, you that's supposed to be your spiritual center. And so do you activate it with maybe the marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you can sit there and, you know, anytime people are sitting around and having a good time or just being peaceful, I think that's could be a good thing. I would agree with you. You know, again, talking about Catholics, we eat the body of Christ and then drink his blood. Or you could smoke a joint. Like which one sounds like more appetizing uh c is the heavenly option yeah thank you good job all right let's go to our <laughs> number you. three call back making, uh, making brett a little <laughs> bit nervous um this is where i went a little bit off the rails because again my pen committed suicide i was like listening to an album then i would listen to i don't know lucy's furs coat band made i don't know have i told you about band made i've been no. getting it it's a japanese rock band and then this okay. past weekend i went to a concert a festival called you fest in you phoenix fest. and there is this mexican rock band called the warning hmm. yeah the power it's like a power trio three women the power that comes out of their rock and they got the song called choke wow i'm a very impressed So I was going in between the dinka 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 going, I want to jump off a cliff, man. And then to then I would play that music. So that's when I thought, man, I have to go another direction. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to have a list. I'm going to just be making fun of this. So I got to get, you know, I got to hunker down. Okay. And so what I did was I started looking at bands and the alternative genre that had reggae influences. And at number three, Fishbone 
Truth and Soul, 1988. They got the song Freddy's Dead and one of my favorite songs, Ma and Pa. So that's why I said, you know what, Fishbone. There was one time there was this bar on on uh, in Tempe on Mill Avenue, which is over by Arizona State University. It's called Gibson's, and I was bringing up Fishbone when I worked in radio, and so I was uh, feeling positive that night, and the place was packed, and I was basically just saying, hey, everyone's going to be rubbing against each other, are going to be sweating on each other, partying together, say hi to your neighbor, so that no one gets upset. Then the band started playing behind me, so they just like walked up. Usually you yeah. do it, you know, <laughs> Fishbone up in one minute, and then they have to walk on. But I guess they liked what I was saying. And then the lead singer was like right behind me. And then as soon as I said, you know, thanks, you know, whatever I said to end it, I turned around. There he was. He's like, thanks, man. And then they took off. And I was still on stage when they're starting the vocals on the same song. And you think that you can feel pain. And you think. And that's what I remember from Fishbone. And so I said, you know what? I'll put them on this list. They're at number three. Once again, Truth and Soul. Fishbone was very cool. Yeah. They, they got some, a lot of good stuff. Uh, their cover of Freddy's Dead is, is awesome. It's good. We are going to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery because whilst others might free the body, none but ourselves can free the mind. The man who is not able to develop and use his mind is bound to be the slave of the other man who uses his mind. I didn't make that up. Wow. Those were words from the controversial Jamaican black nationalist and Rastafari prophet, Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey words come to pass. Marcus Garvey words come to pass. You can't get no food to eat. You can't get no money to spend. So it's a name that's going to pop up with alarming frequency as you explore reggae and none more prevalent than in my number three album, the 1975 record by Burning Spear, appropriately enough, called Marcus Garvey. I think this was actually my second reggae album that I ever owned right after The Wailers Burning, and it was a huge revelation for me. This was one of the most important Roots reggae albums to be recorded, highly politicized and celebrating Garvey's ideology and African heritage throughout. Now, the version I first bought on CD in the early 90s was the island version that Chris Blackwell had remixed and kind of whitewashed for mass consumption in the UK. It wasn't until many years later that I found out that there was an original mix in Jamaica, which is murkier. It sounds considerably more dangerous and militant. The title track alone, though, is worth the price of admission, but it's a brilliant album from start to finish. Slavery Days, Live Good, Old Marcus Garvey, Jordan River, and possibly my second favorite song on the album called Tradition, it's going to challenge your perception and worldview. Burning Spear himself, Winston Rodney, is a brilliant singer. The arrangements by producer Lindo and playing by backing band The Black Disciples is exemplary throughout. And I'm saying this strictly non-academically, too, because I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that it's one of the first, if not the first album to receive a track for track dub remix companion album called Garvey's Ghost. Check it out if you love this album. 
But number three, Marcus Garvey by Burning Spear. Did I lose you, Greg? No, he didn't lose oh, me. Oh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> Podcast 101, turn on the mic. Mm, that helps. Here, another sh I got to clear my throat again. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's all the dust from the uh, festival over the weekend. I think it was from being outside all day yesterday. It was a beautiful day. I mean, it's in the high 80s, but there was a breeze. And uh, so at least it wasn't 1,000 degrees yesterday. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Let me clear my throat. Doo -doo -doo. Yeah. Uh, once helps. again, brought to you by cold turkey. You know what's wild better? Wild turkey? Yeah, wild turkey. You, you probably it's need to cold. go cold turkey after this. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I was going to say, wild turkey's not my biggest pick, but uh, it's still pretty good. It clears your throat pretty good, too. I wish I had the Jamaican run with me, but then I realized that I don't have any because I have no alcohol in my house. I usually don't. I really don't drink mm. that much. Um, like I said, recently, like on weekends, I'll like have like one uh, neat like uh, bourbon or, or whiskey. Yeah. Then I listen to music and it makes me so much happier. But like a good virgin pina colada would be really good right now. Yeah, just just go get a Slurpee. Then if you're going to do that. I mean, Slurpees are good. That sounds good, too. Yeah, it did. It really does. I think I'm going to get a Slurpee today. As a matter of fact. The Only Three Lads podcast brought to you by 7-Eleven. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hello, 7-Eleven. And hey, man, bringing the world together. You know, 7-Elevens are everywhere. Like, really, like, everywhere. They're in Bangkok. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. They're called Speedway in some places, though, I realized. Oh, really? I was traveling somewhere, and I came across a Speedway. And I'm like, wait, all the signs look like 7-Eleven signs. Well, there you go. That's how God. I found out. That is intriguing, I know. Yeah, well, you know, I was going to add even more to that intrigue because here in Phoenix and throughout the Southwest, I believe Circle K's, you got them mm -hmm. in Southern California. So we do. Now, yeah. just to give you a heads up, if you want hard liquor at a Circle K, there's a code on the outside of the sign. And if it has, it's like a yellow line underneath the Circle K, that means they serve hard liquor. If not, wow. yeah, there you go. From the guy clearing his throat with. Wild turkey. That's not cold. Wow. Just wild. wild. I'm a QT turkey. guy myself, though. Me too. I like QT way much more. I love QT, but we don't have them. They here. got bathrooms. Oh, really? Yeah. They got them all throughout. God, they're building one on every corner in Phoenix. I know. And they're incredible. They have the best drink selection. They got food. Best bathrooms. Bathrooms are great. I mean, yeah, because when I used to go on ride-alongs with police during when I was an, a, a journalist, QTs, that's why they're so much safer, because that's where the cops go. Because first of all, there's bathrooms there. Secondly, QT will not allow them to pay for any of their drinks. Oh, that's nice. I watched it happen. You know, like they'll try and pay and they're like, no, we're not taking your money. Get out of here. Yeah. They're always friendly. And yeah. each cashier will always take, they'll, they'll serve two people at once. It's amazing. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, because they have, you know, they have the point of sale and they've been trained. Yeah. It's not like yeah. Circle K. See, here's the difference between QT and Circle K. QT, usually kids going to college have all their teeth. Circle K, it's usually people who are on probation or just got out of jail or prison and they do not have all their teeth. Still point. wonderful people. They just did wrong things. They played their debt to society. But that's the difference. When you walk into QT, it's like, ah. Uh, when you walk into Circle K, you're like, don't touch anything, you know, and you bring out your wipes. That's the difference. That's all. Uh, it's like the purgatory <laughs> that these people were destined to. Exactly. Now you have to go work at Circle K. <laughs> You ready for my number two? I am ready for your number Again, two. I started this podcast saying I don't want to offend anyone. And in the process, but I don't think anyone's getting everyone. spared. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And I uh, maybe I'll have to apologize. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Jump the shark. Yep. Episode 162. Wah, wah, wah.
And it's not even 162 yet. Well, that's what I'm saying. 161 was the end. Oh, oh, then what? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Beginning of the end. That's yes. our moment. Yeah. That's our Fawn's moment. All right. So number two, right. um, again, I had to get a little bit off kilter and not so much reggae, but reggae influenced. But I know that a lot of people know this and like it, and I like it too. And this is one of the bands that I went to when I had to pick myself back up after listening to for like four hours. But it's Big Audio Dynamite. This is Big Audio Dynamite from 1985. I mean, what a great album. You got so many songs on there. E equals MC squared. The bottom line. I mean, you know, Mick Jones, The Clash Connection. I had to do it. Hopefully people won't give me the buzzer. Lies in the jungle. Jungle's in a cage. Cha, cha, trouble. Trouble in a homeland. Trouble in a homeland. Makes from page. Zoo, zoo, loo. Come out. You're, you're certainly getting closer to a buzzer. <laughs> well... <laughs> They say they were reggae-influenced, and the, there's okay. two dudes who look yeah. pretty reggae to me in that band, if that's you look true. at the picture. Don Letts has dreadlocks, that's that's for sure. And they look cool. And so I said, I'm going to go for it, because if I have to listen to, I don't know, uh, what's one of these other bands? That's why I picked them, and I said, you know what, I like that album more than any of these other ones that I heard thus far. I All mean, right, it's a great okay. album. And there's reggae influence. There's reggae influence. There mm-hmm. we go. And I'm almost positive that there's somebody in that band who smoked pot before. Uh, yeah, I could guarantee <laughs> that there's somebody in that band smoking pot right at this very moment. Maybe, maybe. Hey, whatever floats their boat. I'm about freedom. As the Fonz would say, Amon. Jaw. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two, the late, great Lee Scratch Perry, who passed away in 2021 at the age of 85, is probably Jamaica's greatest producer, or I'll say right up there with the great Joe Gibbs as well. I'll give him his uh, due. But I think it's safe to say that no producer had a hand in as many masterpieces in all facets of Jamaican music, including three of my honorable mentions, The Upsetter Super 8, Junior Mervyn's Police and Thieves, and Max Romeo's War in a Babylon, as well as a bunch of credits under his own name, including his classic roast fish, collie weed, and cornbread. But my personal favorite is one that I believe you mentioned already, Greg. It's the 1977 album by the Congos called Heart of the Congos. The Congos were a vocal duo made up of tenor Roy Johnson and falsetto Cedric Maiten, and it is a masterpiece that sits at this intersection of roots reggae and Perry's dub bass production. Like that original version of Marcus Garvey that I mentioned before, the production on Heart of the Congos is this really muddy wall of sound, which gives it a certain ethereal, dark quality that I absolutely love. I kind of slotted in with Sly and the Family Stones, there's a riot going on, and the Rolling Stones, Exile, and Main Street. I just like having a little bit of mud in the mix. It gives it a little extra menace, a little extra mystery, and a little extra thump. The guitars are squeezed on the top end, so you hear this bass and drums booming. 
So Johnson and Biden's saying of trials, tribulations, spirituality, allegories, stories of the everyday fishermen, the children crying. This album was completely botched for an international release at the time. So it meant that the album really wasn't heard until the early 80s when it was released by the Go Feet label in the UK. It was released as catalog number. Yes, I'm going to drop a catalog number at you. Beat 2, meaning that it was their second full-length released on the Go Feet label. The first was the beat, aka the English beats, I Just Can't Stop It. Highly influential album, but really tough to beat. Number two, The Congos, Heart of the Congos. I listened to that one too. Did um, you? What'd you think? Well, I didn't pick it. Okay. I mean, but like I said, like <laughs> I I guess maybe there's like a bias. Like I'm like, like I was dreading listening to this music all week, to be honest. Yeah. So it's like, but I was trying. Like I said, I was like, okay, let's get into the, maybe what they're trying to say and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, whew, wow. And then my pen committed suicide. And I was like, I have got to get out of this. So, um, but maybe I'll listen to it again. Again, you're a good salesperson of music and it kind of maybe opens my eyes a little. Oh, good. Yeah. Positivity. Keep Positivity. it real. Amen. That is the jaw spirit. Jaw. I'm like, jaw, not another song like this. You know, how about, you know, just you know, like sequencing on these albums is not a big thing. Here, we're going to do the ding, the chinka chinka song here, and we'll do the chinka chinka song after that. The third song, chinka chinka, and then the fourth song, chinka chinka, chink chink. There is clearly a formula in reggae. We know this. And, and I do understand that it may lead to a little bit of sameness like you know i've heard this song before i I know it's tough to say but you almost have to kind of look past that and understand everything else that's going on in the music because there's a lot of rhythmic complexity outside of that first of all there's i mean a lot of great bass lines which i would imagine you would love there's melody and harmony and storytelling like you mentioned i mean the lyrics are honest and real but that's like with the specials freed nelson mandela would that be more ska than reggae or reggae influenced yeah that'd be more ska probably yeah ska because that's why i didn't pick it but that's what i thought but i really like that you know like the yeah. harmony you were talking about like that mm-hmm. blows me away yeah jaw mon all right hey we're almost there our number one reggae album of the o3l era don't forget head over to our facebook page uh we got t-shirts galore i just got a new one what are the new ones up there do we have any new ones recently we have the waveform where you can actually send us if you have a particular song that you like we will capture the waveform of that song and we will put it on a shirt for you that's pretty cool we have our vampelephant shirt we have our uh, parallel lines you know kind of blondie knockoff shirt I got the mod shirt. Yeah, we got we some got good the ones mod out shirt? there. Yeah. And just saying, a lot of famous people are wearing these shirts. They've been putting them on they are. Facebook. So just throwing that out there. I mean, not a Kardashian yet, but maybe, um, I don't know. Jim Shepard. We'll take a Jim Shepard over a Kardashian yeah. any day. Any day. Any day. Any day. Yeah. Don't you want to be like Jim Shepard? I think the answer is yes. There you go. Our number one reggae album of the Only Three Lads era. We're going to reveal them. Like in a puff of smoke. Ooh. Right after this. Mon. It's dramatic and edgy. You like that? I do. <laughs> it's the wild turkey. Let me gurgle some more. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Allison Landa, the writer of the memoir Bearded Lady, which is available on Amazon, on the Woodhall Press website, and anywhere you get your books. And I am listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. O3L Spotlight. We're still reeling from having 90s indie pop icons heavenly on the show last week ahead of their sold out reunion shows in London. Having all four surviving members was truly a special occasion for us, and we thank you for the very kind reaction to the episode. During the show, we talked about Amelia Fletcher and Rob Percy's record label Skepwax, whose track record has been spotless so far. We played Panic Pocket's brand new single, Get Me, which is sure to turn heads this year. And there's one more Skepwax track that we couldn't quite fit in last week, so we'll bring it to you in this week's Spotlight. Selkie is the second single from Special Friend's forthcoming album, Wait Until the Flames Come Rushing In. Special Friend are a Paris-based duo with a sound that's both minimal and epic. According to folktales, a Selkie is a seal who can swim ashore, shed her skin, and transform herself into a beautiful human for a short while. So the song is about magic and cruelty, about celebrating and respecting the poetry of different beings, and accepting the fact that we should never try to master them. So here is Special Friend with Selkie. They die in the sea.
once again, just want to put out there, um, anything I have said during this episode is not condoned nor sanctioned by Brett Varga. But enjoyed thoroughly. The Only Three Lads podcast or any of the podcasting platforms where maybe you got this one. So uh, just throwing that out there again. Um, instead of weed, wild turkey for me on this episode. Like I said, I don't know what it is. It's just, I don't know if it was the dust yesterday or from that concert or what. But whatever excuse you need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm not lying that I'm, I, I really do. No, it's the real deal. You are swigging wild turkey during the recording of this show yeah and somehow you're even more coherent than you were when you started amazing i I think that's probably maybe something i should start thinking about my son's like you're always angry and then i've had friends tell me god you care about nothing and everything pisses you off so maybe if i drink whiskey it'll maybe like mellow it or at least even it out you know what i mean so maybe i'll be more coherent english may come out of my mouth a little bit wow my niece is like that she can't pronounce words, but when she drinks, it's hilarious because then she talks like a scholar and it's just, there's something in her brains maybe that line up with a little bit of a happiness in us. I don't know what it is. Yeah. By the end of the episode, you may be like, you know, listening to some reggae and just, uh, yeah. you know, enjoying the good life. Doing that, doing algebra, calculus, the whole thing, you mm-hmm. know, oh, can't wait. Wonders never cease. All right. You ready for my number one reggae oh, yeah. album? Uh, yeah. Uh, Celine Dion? What, what, what yeah. Is it? No. It was, uh, I, I actually went more traditional with this one. Oh, okay. Because I really do love a couple of reggae songs. Uh, of course, One Love from Ziggy Marley. But that's from 1965. It's not in our wheelhouse. Uh, well, Bob- so that would be the debut album, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. And he did redo One Love. Right. But, but the original was 1965, right? Around there? Correct. But that was more of a ska song yeah that predated reggae then when he did it redid it in the 70s it was very reggae okay well i picked survival the album just because of the storytelling and everything like that you know the whole rastafarian type thing about reggae and about the struggles and everything else so i figured you know i gotta get bob marley on this list or the list is crap um and again mandatory marley right so that's right you know so much trouble in the world babylon system survival one drop all those great songs um that talk about pain i'll tell you what the elixir wild turkey That's my number one, Bob Marley and the Whalers, Survival from 1979. Yeah, you really can't go wrong with any Marley. I mean, he was very consistent throughout his career. One of my honorable mentions, I'll say, was Rastaman Vibration, which to me is probably the most underappreciated Bob Marley album. And I think the one that kind of aligned most with like the emergence of punk rock. And Bob Marley, he died from cancer, and he it mm-hmm. started under his toenail, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so next time, kids, if you got a joint, you see some cancer, put your joint out on that cancer. It probably won't kill it, but, you know, just saying. Well, that's very doctorly advice. <laughs> yes. If you have a wound, <laughs> you could put a cigarette or a cigar or joint on it, put it out, and see if it burns it off. That's what... Uh, huh. Uh, uh. Again, we don't you know, necessarily support any of the information conveyed here. 
<laughs> Sorry. But, just but it is that. highly entertaining. But it is sad, you know, like a Bob Marley. It's like, a, like you think that like this little cancer on his toe, and I don't know what the story was of didn't take care of it right away, didn't think that yeah. much of it, yeah. thought he would smoke weed and it would go. I, I don't know why, what, how, um, but then that's what killed him. And it killed him at a young age. And then Ziggy Marley came out with that song, Tomorrow People. Was mm-hmm. that, that like in the 80s also? That was in, uh, yeah, probably 88. Yeah, something like that. And that's a great song. I, I do like that one. Again, it's you know, tomorrow, people. But then what has he done since then? I know he's been on tour, because I know he comes through Phoenix all the time. Yeah, he's, he still plays around. And plus, I think Damian Marley, I think is Bob Marley's grandson. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully, one of somebody in that family, because it's a musical family, they, they break the pattern, and maybe they do like a rock band. How hmm. about that? You know? Maybe. You know, you get like hooks. Double bass, like like I think reggae, like once in a while, just got like a double bass and or just change it up a little bit. I might like it better. Like if you want to do like thunder, like you know we're mad, you know, dinka 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 dinka, you know, I that would I just think that would work. I bet you that's been done. Well, somewhere then I want to hear it. But if there, if people, there. hey, if anyone knows where that is, I want to hear double bass and thick beefy tom toms in this uh, reggae music. I think I'll. Mm. And if it's not been done, there might be an idea there. Just saying. Give All it right. a try. Well, I'll have none of it. My number one <laughs> album is an album that I love, but I, I have to put it at the top because I know it is one of my brother Brian's favorite albums of any era, any genre. So how could I not? I'll do it for him. So it's produced by the other legendary producer that I mentioned, Joe Gibbs. It is Culture's Two Sevens Clash, of course, released in the year that Two Sevens clashed, 1977. Now, it specifically references a proclamation that Marcus Garvey, yes, there's that name again, made that on July 7th, 1977, 7777, there'd be widespread chaos and that the judgment would be near. So singer Joseph Hill took that inspiration and created a record so powerful and apocalyptic that actually most shops and schools throughout Jamaica were closed on July 7th, 1977, just in case. The album is thematically foreboding, touching on alienation, avenging injustices, the uprising of Jaw. The title track is one of the most crucial sides in all of reggae history. But while that subject matter may make it sound like a difficult album, musically it's actually very smooth and very diverse. Like so many reggae albums that I love, it's built around great harmonies, funky guitars, some surprising electronic touches, and melancholy minor key melodies. When my wife and I went with my brothers to go see Culture at the San Diego Street Scene Festival sometime in the early 2000s, I can't remember what year it was. I went back and looked at all the street scene lineups, and I did not see Culture in any of them, but I swear it happened. But uh, my wife and I were kind of hanging out at the back of the audience. We made friends with the Rastafarian guy next to us in the crowd. And when he was ready to light up, he was kind enough to offer us a hit of whatever he was having. We politely declined. I mean, we don't partake in any of that. And then he proceeded to pull out something that I swear resembled a tree stump. I mean, this was like, (laughs) looked like this big giant wood thing. I don't know. I I have no idea what it was. But as a cloud of Mr. Rastafari stump smoke wafted over the crowd and gave everyone a secondhand high, the strains, uh, 
pardon the pun, of culture's music took on a new elevated state. For a brief moment, it was this deep spiritual connection where the crowd felt as one with the music, or maybe it was just the weed. I don't know. But either way, number one this week, Culture 27's Clash. I just want you to know that uh, Brett is one of the most tolerant people that I've ever met. And for him not to pray with somebody, I'm shocked. I know. Yeah. I, I was probably uh, offending him greatly. No, probably not. Because, you know, he was high. He probably was like, whatever. You know, like if there was a religion where you take shots, now someone would be offended that you wouldn't do a shot with them. Right. So there's a religion that, um, you know, you you partake in, you know, smoking. And like it sounds like he had a blunt, not a blunt, but a blunt. So I think he's probably like, OK, well, hey, man, it's cool. Whatever. It, it was about. nothing wrapped in paper, though. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was like it was a log. I swear. <laughs> Maybe it was a dog dunk, you know, dog ate his weed. Isn't that a Cheech and Chong thing? Dog ate his <laughs> weed and then they're smoking the dog crap. Is, am I wrong on this one? Get your high where you can, man. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. All right. There we have it. Our top five reggae albums of the only three lads era. Wow. We made it. Mm. Jumping oh. a shark in the Caribbean. <laughs> yep. Episode 161 is where it all happened. Mm-hmm. Ready to go down our list? Because I, I don't am have so any, ready. Yeah, I'm so ready. All right. At number five, at least the most honest band on my list, their album, the same song, Israel Vibrations. At number four, the Royals pick up the pieces. At number three, Fishbone with Truth and Soul. Big Audio Dynamite, my number two reggae album. This is Big Audio Dynamite from eh. 1985. Uh, but I love it. Okay, well, 311, Homegrown. Is that one word? Eh. Um, Bob Marley and the Whalers Survival 1979 my number one reggae album please if it's between 311 and Big Audio Dynamite pick bad all day long man really you know oh 311 the first time I heard him I was at this pool and I remember thinking what is that but it was a fun album I mean in 19 what 94 it was about you know 30 years ago young at a pool you know the girls were in their bikinis and then you're hearing this fun kind of reggae-ish ska rock from Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I had no problem with it. The Jamaica of the Midwest. Exactly. That's, what I, I mean, hear. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the Rastafarians there, I believe. And don't they grow stuff there? Uh, like corn. Wheat, corn, wheat, yeah. Same maybe thing, they're right? smoking corn stalks out there. Maybe. Well, that's what maybe the Rastafarian was smoking. Maybe you got vitamins. Going, hey, man. They're like, hey, man. Uh, hey, man. Jah. <laughs> Jah. Ja. I just went to the local coffee shop and got some jaw. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. Hey. All right. My top five was things that I'm not going to remember now. I believe it was number five. You would think I'm high right now. It's the contact high from that concert. Apparently, yeah. Uh, number five was Toots and the Maytals in the Dark. Number four was the Gladiators Trenchtown Mix-Up. Number three was Burning Spear, Marcus Garvey. Number two was the Congo's Heart of the Congo's. Number one, Culture, Two Sevens Clash. There you have it. Whew. Whew. You made it through. We made it. We made yeah. it. And our guest never showed up, so she wasn't offended. Let's hit that button. We can find out what we're doing next week. But let me say this. Yes. I need something with some edge. I need something where something's going to be broken. The cat's pregnant. Whatever it takes. I need Uh something that like, yeah, something with beef. Next week. Do you want to do another Cruel World episode? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I could do that. All right. Sounds like a plan. I don't even know. I know Love and Rockets are playing there. 
Who else? Susie. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Iggy Pop, Ooh. ABC, The Vapors, Ooh. Gary Newman, Echo and the Bunnymen. Well, what's the topic? So last year we did the top five artists at Crew World that we would want to see. I remember so now. Let's keep that rolling. And I do want to say one of uh, the, the things, the songs that I really enjoyed with the reggae influence, yeah. Many Small, My Boy Lollipop. You ever run into that song? Oh, yeah. That was for, she's from Jamaica. How, how she would is have from known? Jamaica. I would yeah, have that was known. one. Of, that was one of the first ska songs to break through. Really? Yeah, and that's a great song. But it wasn't in our wheelhouse. And maybe I would have picked Melly Small. I would have looked for that it. was very early '60s, and then Bad Manners did a version of it as well. Yeah, but Millie, I think I'd rather watch her do it. Just for the oh, record. absolutely. All right. Great so tune. next week we're talking about Cruel World. Another festival. Maybe you'll have to be gurgling with Wild Turkey because I'm sure you'll be there. Are you going to go this year? I am going to be there. I'm, I'm, because I'm making a trip in June to SoCal, so I won't be able to go to this year. But not that I went last year either. But I'll be there in spirit. You will be there in spirit. You are there with me all the time in spirit. But hopefully, I'll see if they're um, streaming or pod. You know, I think that's what everyone should do now. I'll send you video clips. Okay, sounds good. But just know that every time I'm smoking a fat dube. (laughs) <laughs> that you're with me in spirit <laughs> all, right. all right whenever it sounds unnatural when i say that even. and yeah well and he said doob not dude just okay before anybody starts. yeah yeah, yeah no right let's let's, let's be clear on that <laughs> let's get out of here before we get banned somewhere our ratings in jamaica have gone yeah. way down we're not number two this week in jamaica no we are not uh, all yeah. right well great fun greg even though this was very difficult for you, thanks for soldiering through it. Hopefully, all of you out there that do appreciate or are open to reggae have something to uh, check out this week. We'll talk to you next week with our Cruel World special. And until then, we will wave hello and say goodbye. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story.
until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.